Hey everybody, welcome to The Beats this week with Kelly Kennedy. And as you know, here on uh, The Beats, we bring you the naturally oriented therapists, the medically enlightened doctors and specialists, my tribe, my friends, my colleagues that are brilliant and wise here to teach you and bring you the empowerment so you can learn how to engage that beautiful innate intelligence, that beautiful physician inside of us, the only thing in the body that actually heals being our autonomic nervous system. And today's guest, um, Nikki is, she is just one in a million. She really is. And I met her just a few weeks, months ago. And I, she was speaking in front of a group of adults about children and children's health. And I honestly thought she was the most brilliant pediatrician I had ever met only to find out she is not a doctor, which made me love her even more that she's a muscle response tester, which made me love her even more. And to understand what she's been doing uh, through her career of 20 plus years in helping engage parents and families to help their own health. And Nikki is very um, honest, forthcoming, and has an incredible gift to give us at the end where every mom, every parent would benefit greatly from having this one piece of advice. So make sure you listen through to the end to know what that piece of advice is. I don't wanna give it away because it's an incredible piece of advice. And enjoy today's podcast where you too will learn how to handle your child's health and your health and the family's health, no matter how desperate the situation looks. That's the kind of clients Nikki sees. So enjoy my healthy beginnings and Nikki here on The Beats. Okay, welcome back to the Beats with Kelly Kennedy. And today I am uberly um, excited. I never get to say that word. Only you. allows me to spread joy <laughs> in a way that I've never been able to spread joy before. And I just met Nicole, I don't know, a month ago at a seminar and she's the reason I have sparkles in my hair. She didn't do them, but she's so the reason that we're all spreading joy in all the ways that we can. And truly there's a reason this woman is on the podcast today. Just, she does spread joy, but particularly works with children. And Nicole hirsch Kekel, did I pronounce it right? Did I do it good? Kind of, kind of. Keekly, almost. You have halfway there. Almost. I think of a keel and for some reason, Nicole, and I think of Oh, good Lord. Well, you could, because you know, I did that. Yeah. And she's been a doula and she's been a birthing specialist and she's a muscle response tester and brilliant wise. And I saw her at a conference. I saw her speak and I was engaged with her right away. Then we had an opportunity to actually hang out a little bit at the end of the conference and really love the work she's doing, know that it's right on page alignment with our naturally oriented therapists, medically enlightened doctors and specialists here on the beats to offer the incredible solutions of biological living for children. And one of the things that I loved about her so much is she's so honest and she's like on stage in front of all these adults, 300 adults. And she's like, I feel way more comfortable. There's a bunch of children running around and screaming. That's her comfort zone. And it's you great. all make me nervous, <laughs> all these adults. but the thing <sighs> is that the work she's doing is so monumental and so ridiculously needed because the children are so toxic and that, you know, I want to engage people to understand how their body works. That's one of the premises with this podcast, but if we can save the next generation, we'll do what we can with this generation and <laughs> one before us, but this next generation is up against so much more than we were, and we have ways to clean up their bodies. So all that being said, thank you so much for joining us today, Nicole, please introduce to be here. anything that I missed. Oh my gosh. She didn't miss a thing. I mean, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just like walk in with that bio from here on out. That's pretty brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. So one of the things that I was, let me just say, one of the things I was sharing yesterday on an interview was, um, someone asked me, you know, like how something about, um, I think it was how long have I been working with, with children. And I remember I'm the oldest of four and the oldest of 14 grandkids on one side. And I think 17 on the other. And I've met and two I, cousins already just right. like, <laughs> She's traveled as a pack. <laughs> We're like this, travel yeah. as a pack. Um, awesome. 
we, 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 meaning I started the babysitter's club in my neighborhood. So remember like that babysitter's club series, right? Well, I just thought it was the thing. And I started it and I was like the president and the vice president and the, you know, sales department and the treasurer. And, um, and, and there were 55 children on my block and I cared for every single one of them at some point in my little babysitting career. And, and I kept notes and I would like journal and document every night when I came home. And I look back on that and I was like, geez, I was like an entrepreneur in the making, (laughs) you know, like here it was, but I really think it was seeing all of the normal and average that even as a teen, I remember think like looking at some kids and going, that's just, there's something not right there, you know, or there's just that knowing of like, I don't know what it is, but something is off either a child's a genius, right. Or, or there are other things that are perhaps like a disadvantage until somebody can discover them and unpack them and, and like re-gift them in a way that it can work for that human. And, um, and it's, and I'm, you know, somewhat helped to raise my own siblings, but it's just interesting because all of that, I think provided me with the space. And then I think the birth doula training, like I just don't get frazzled by parents and I don't get frazzled by other people's children. Mine, however, (laughs) that's, that's a different story. That's a different podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And and, you know, you're never a prophet in your own town and we're emotionally attached and all that. But it's, she really is a biological investigator and hopefully she's starting to use the medicine. My favorite, my favorite. I'm going to, yeah, we're going to take, we're going to take over that one. That's good. Cause she is very intuitive, but she investigates everything. And obviously she's been investigating it. So she was like 12 figuring out what all these kids, what's, what are they doing? Because everybody's in a lab experiment. Every single person on the planet's in a lab experiment, but you need a biological investigator to figure out your variables, what's causing what, what's the underlying causes. And so that's how we have this beautiful Nikki. And she works with people both long distance and in person, but she has a very thorough intake process and a very thorough cleaning up, if you will, of the entire environment. So can you speak to like, so somebody calls you, what's that look like your average client of children? I mean, you're not like in the middle of Manhattan, you're in a little bit more rural area. (laughs) We're in suburbia. We are. We're west of Minneapolis by about 20 minutes. Yeah. And so most people, because you've been in practice for well over six, uh, 12 years now, right? Mm -hmm. As a muscle response tester. I mean, you've been doing work like this for 23 years Mm -hmm. or so. Mm -hmm. How did it start for you to like, oh, it's time for me to like delve from going to just be a, just doula is a huge job, a doula Mm -hmm. and a birth specialist into, okay, now I need to help them more holistically with every aspect of their life, not just with the birthing process. I think to a fault, I'm a lifelong learner you know, so it was, it was like doing body work that, that didn't, you know, it held me for a little while. Right. But it, then there was like, there's something, there's something missing. There's something more. And and right off the bat, it was, I had become a doula and was doing postpartum doula work before that was a thing. Um, you know, like bathing these mothers and kind of nurturing them along. And, and it was a lovely experience, but I realized right away, it's that engagement factor. Like I just needed to be able to, drop into that heart space and totally get connected. And right away, I realized I was able to do that from like across a room. I think that's why I'm able to like be in a room with a mother that's like crying and losing her cool, but I can keep her baby calm or get her baby calm. Like, I don't know where that comes from. It just, there's, I got the rock and the pat thing down, you know, I can just do it. Um, and, and, and right away, it was an understanding of, well, if I just grab this little tool here and add this to my bucket, and if I add this little tool here, I'll have more understanding. I'll be able to go deeper. Um, so working as a doula, working as a cranial sacral therapist, working with these, you know, mom, baby units, which is incredibly yummy, like really powerful, um, and such an educational tool, um, learn so much from these, um, that, that relationship that's one and two at the same time is it's just a cool, a cool experience. And, and I started coaching before, you know, health coaching was a thing because it was, I was living it at home with foods and toxicity and unpacking, you know, what's going on with my kids, my own health. Of course, I think that's always the driver for those of us who do this work. It's because something wasn't working and we weren't getting our answers. And 
we weren't feeling heard and supported and we just had to keep going by taking responsibility, right? Like in a way that we have never been told to um, or maybe have been given permission to. And I remember in the middle of the night sitting next to a mom, she was nursing her babies, twins, and trying like hell to stay awake is, you know, she's passing one baby off and, and she was getting calls from China at three in the morning. She worked for like Target or something like that. And I remember thinking like, excuse me, um, can I talk to your boss for a second? <laughs> like, can I just take that phone for a second? Like, what in the hell are you doing? This is not conducive to like healing the C-section and, and, but like, I remember her looking at me and just thinking like, it was literally that on the spot in the moment coaching that I got from you on this thing called motherhood, on feeding myself, on caring for myself, on how to handle that toddler and husband of mine over there in the guest room across the other side of the house, like how to, how to move forward and all of that. And I remember thinking like, like, do I know something someone else doesn't know or, okay, then that's not it. Do I, you know, like I just couldn't figure out what it was, but I knew there was just something there. And then I also knew what was quite frustrating was you can only have so many people try going gluten and dairy free. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's like a very watered down, you know, general statement, but as a health coach, because I know as health coaches, we can provide so much more than that. But my, that was my experience was, was they're kind of doing the things and, and then they, they kind of hit a plateau of interest. And I just felt like I just, I had nothing more for them. And meanwhile, we were using muscle testing. Meanwhile, I've been, I had been trained in muscle testing when I was 20, but it was like, hmm, like would use it here and there in body work. And I hadn't really made the connection to mm. using it, like really using it and finding information and, and like using it as an access. Um, and it was just like the light bulb. I mean, it was just a light bulb moment. It was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's actually the missing link. I need something to help me ask the body questions that I can't find a way to ask because the conscious mind doesn't know how to answer that question. Right. right. Conscious mind just like bogged down with the daily blah and the subconscious is really where, what we need to have access to. So it was just really from, from that point. Um, I, and I was renting space out of a chiropractic clinic at the time. And there was someone in there who did the beginner level of nutrition response testing. And I remember thinking, she was doing some work with me and I was thinking like, okay, I mean, like I, maybe I feel a difference, but I think it was more of a, an energetic disconnect. Um, so when I went and actually took kind of a beginner training myself and then connected with one of the practice, it's just that, right. If you are not feeling connected to that practitioner, you're just not going to get anywhere. And I immediately connected with, um, the chiropractor that ended up being, the supervisor that tested me that day. I mean, I literally was like, where are you? I'm signing up right now. I, you know, and in weeks, days, actually three days after I listened to him instead of doing it my way, <laughs> um, like three weeks, uh, excuse me, three days later, I had no new cystic acne growing. That was kind of like my main concern at the time from stress and diet and um, that was already being gluten and almost dairy free. So I still had all this going on, all this inflammation. And then three weeks later, um, like clear skin already. And then within about three to four months, I actually had no scarring left, which I didn't think could ever be the case. So when you have those pivotal moments about your own health and you experience something that was, it didn't hurt, it was non-invasive. All I did was take some supplements and shift some things in my lifestyle, which, okay, sign me up. Um, it was like a no brainer. So it just, it gave me that, um, it gave me the skill. Cause I'm clear. I had the ability, right. It just was like, I just had to knock on the door of like, oh, that's the door I have to go through. Oh yeah. That. Okay. And then it's like, I speak a language <laughs> other people don't speak. That's kind of how it feels sometimes for moms and kids, because or parents, I should say, and kids. Yeah, right. We deal with a lot of chronic illness at our center, and we mm -hmm. it's a family problem for sure. Representing, and you find the same thing. It sounds like with what's going on for most kids, because I I, I hear it a lot. And I'm sure you do too. How did my kid get this sick? They're only two years old. They're only five years old. How do you answer that? Mm -hmm. Well, it's I think to access the really the true health of the children means to empower the mom. 
Like if mama's not empowered, um, she won't be engaged. She won't be on board. There will be like a thing. Here we are. We're showing up for an appointment. She'll be on her phone the whole time. She'll be totally disengaged from the process. So for a while there, we required a parent mom to be on a program if we put a kid on a program. But then that's what we found is like, they're there because of their kid. They'd see nothing for themselves yet, um, which is unfortunate, right? There is that thing about like oxygen mask right. so that we can turn around and model for our kids what we want them to see and, and the experience we want them to step into. Um, so I let that policy go a couple of years ago and it's provided a little more freedom for families and uh, the engagement factor is higher in my opinion. Um, they're here because they want to be here. They're here and they're all ears. And then it gives us that open door kind of policy, if you will, they're here for their kids. But suddenly when I can start connecting the dots between the child and the mother or the child and the grandmother or the child and the great grandmother, as most things are going three and a half generations back in terms of causation, uh, then the light bulb starts to go on. And then it's like, oh, you mean, so you think maybe I have a thyroid issue? Or, oh, you mean this gluten issue? Like you think this is, but they, it's just, um, it's not a quick aha moment. It's like a slow, it's like, you know, the dimmer switches on a, on like a light switch, right? It's like you, you put your hand on the switch and they're kind of like, what? And you just start raising the dimmer switch and you can just, you can see it. So cool to watch. It's like a gradual awareness because mm -hmm. I think at first, like anything we don't want to take responsibility we've been told we don't have to we, we've been yeah. told to just show up with the people with the white coats and we do what they say then when we leave we have help and mm -hmm. so that's just not true that's mm -mm. not what happens so then as we become more educated as practitioners as users of this biological medicine essentially go wow i have responsibility i can take control and then that becomes less daunting and more exciting Mm -hmm. it's a little daunting and then it gets exciting totally um but i think that is such a i've never looked at it that way that it's not a light switch and i think most people look for a light switch it's on it's off it's on it's off versus mm -hmm. gradual shift mm -hmm. to, oh as i eat better my kid is actually eating better mm -hmm. you know who who to thunk it right <laughs> the treats aren't available in the house and the kid's not going to ask for the treat right or they're going to find something else because they don't have that as an option. Mm -hmm. So with your approach, you, you deal with diet, you deal with nutrition, you deal with supplements. Like I, I hear from a lot of adults, oh my gosh, you have me on 15 supplements. Like on and up, most kids, what, how many supplements are you putting them on? Out of curiosity. Oh gosh, it depends. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it does depend. I mean, I don't know if there's one number with kids, I try to do liquids as much as possible. So they can kind of do like a shot and call it good. Um, just there's a compliance factor there and a keeping them interested factor, kind of keeping it easy for the kid because they're just kind of like, I don't know why I'm doing this. And some of them are like, I'm itchy. I'm hot. I don't feel good. And they know, but they still can't really connect like that. This is, you know, helping me with that. Um, so it depends, you know, it's, and it isn't, I don't go into kids like each child, you know, or each person on my program needs a this and a that and the other thing, you know, it's not everybody needs a probiotic and a fish oil and a multi and a, that's not how we work, right? We really have a methodology so we can test the whole body and we can find out, I call it like a bird's eye view. So first we kind of look at overall systems and what those major pathogens and toxin issues and, you know, I call them energy breaks um, and areas that kind of need mopping up those big areas. And then we kind of dive into, okay, what's that major thing that is uh, showing up as like a barrier to their healing? So what is that? Oftentimes when I then step back, it was there found in the bigger bird's eye view, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing we look for is something called neurogenic switching, which I call is just sort of what has a nervous system upside down, um, you know, where nothing can actually function optimally in that, in that space. So, um, and so we start there and then, you know, we take a little walk on the wild side and we do look at the emotional side of things, because if that gets to be sort of a certain percentage in people, there's really not much I can do unless they are willing to take that side on. And, um, and we're really frank about that. We talk about it at our initial consult. We talk about it at the report of findings and 
I won't take them on. Um, I won't, I mean, I can make a recommendation, but I won't actually accept them on a program unless they literally sign off like our report of findings. <laughs> they actually have to sign off on like, I understand how my emotional health could play a part, you know, yada, yada, and, and agreeing to the, the willingness to take, to take some of that on. It doesn't mean they have to do the work here with us. I mean, we have referrals and resources everywhere. And, and frankly, sometimes unless they are really jazzed about something, I will, you know, like this morning I was testing, um, a five-year-old, um, remotely he's in Las Vegas and, um, the emotions are running really high, but they're actually like mom's emotions from him gestating. Right. So when he was in utero, um, in that first trimester, so they're actually more about mom, but he's the one carrying it around. So as I kind of checked for like, is he a kid that's going to do well with say, Hey, is he going to do well with, um, you know, EFT tapping like, what's he going to do well with the thing that came up best in, in all the ways that I filter it through for them, um, was the emotion code. And so it was like, bing, you know, that great. So that's just something I'm going to be recommending along with this program and they'll take it or they'll leave it, but it'll be the thing that will allow, you know, like the Lyme that's got him so completely fatigued at age five, it's got his thyroid all messed up. He's had mold exposure. I mean, this kid wants to sleep all the time and has since he was two, that's not going to change unless you get in there and kind of discern where the emotions are trapped, handle them. And then that can unlock the body's ability to heal. I always say like the emotions are like the bigger toxin. We always talk about, Oh, metals, you know, they're so awful. And I'm like, well, hold on chemicals. I think are even a little worse than that. And then you've got like radiation, which I actually think is a little bit worse than that, but like, you want to know who's standing at the top of the cake. It's like our emotional well-being is up there. And, um, when it's kind of tipped too far in one direction, whether we're aware of it or not, it will run the show the majority of the time. And that's where we see, you know, adults or children, whomever, but they're in that space of no matter what I do, you know, nothing gets me better. No matter who I work with, nothing gets me better. I mean, there's nothing more red flag raising to me than someone who comes in and says, you know, you're the 12th person I've seen for this. I remember there used to be, you know, maybe a little ego attached to like, okay, yeah, because we handle the complex cases here and okay, cool. Like this is what we can handle. But typically, um, you know, hindsight's 2020. What I can see in that now is the problem isn't with the other 11 practitioners. Typically the problem lies in what you're not willing to see and take on and do for yourself such that you can blow this pop stand. <laughs> You know, and unfortunately we see that with kids too. They're eventually told it's in their head. Their parents are like sick of dealing with it. They want their kids to be well, but they're like, nah, 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 nah. you know, I had a mom in here yesterday who said I spent $40,000 last year on my 12 year old. Are you kidding me? Like on my 12 year old. And she's been very much at the effect of his behavior. Siblings have been at the effect of his behavior. It's heartbreaking to see. Um, but every time she tried to go their route of Western medicine, they got deeper in the hole and she would just, you know, summoned up as much energy, energy as she could each time to like pull him back and integrate something that was over here on, you know, our side of the tracks, if you will. And, and then he would find some respite. Um, but gosh, it's a really easy cycle to fall into. Like if you're not really clear about what you want, what, what the end result is, we're really good at knowing what doesn't work. Right. I mean, in our report of findings, I actually, it's like a integrative collaborative process because, um, what we find is that, and which, you know, this people come in and they're like, Bleh. you know, like all you learn is all the things that aren't working, yeah. which is really important to really, you really need to know that, but unless you can also engage in, but what is it that you really want? Like, what do you see yourself doing? Not just in a few months when you feel better, because I'm not going to take you on because I don't want you to feel better. I want to take you on because I'm actually interested in what it feels like when you're 10 years old. Not that these kids can necessarily answer these questions, but the parents are like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is big picture stuff. This is like, this could become chronic or this is already chronic and will become degenerative by the time the child's 10 or 15 or 19, um, with whatever is going on. Um, so it is just so vast and varied what we see. 
coming yeah. through our doors and through through the computer, if you will. Yeah, and I would imagine, I mean, I give you guys a lot of credit, as I said that when I met you, because my husband loves seeing kids. And if he had choice, like I said to you, he would do nothing but see kids. What I see from chronic illness is that kids under the age of seven, eight are a little harder to be compliant. Mm-hmm. In emotional work is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious how that goes just in general, because if you have um, an adult coming in and you're like, okay, you've been at 12 practitioners and nothing's worked. And I agree like, okay, what's the common denominator here? I think two things. One is there's probably those 12 practices that don't look at the emotional component. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Ours does. I agree. And then secondly, okay, this is the thing you haven't done. You haven't done this work. You haven't faced yourself, blah, blah, blah. But it is a two, three-year-old. I and I've had this situation. I'm curious how you handle it. Well, how does my two or three-year-olds get emotional problems when they've been sick since they were born? How did the emotions come in? They don't even know what their emotions are. Mm-hmm. And, and that leads us down the epigenetics road, right? And, and trying to educate people about the co-creation of, of life and how mm-hmm. anything is a mirror, Mm-hmm. any personality is a mirror of something that it's reflecting of what it knows because we're just filters and reflectors mm-hmm. so like, how, how does that go in your office and how does that work with clients in regards to little kids I'm sure it goes well I'm just curious like what that looks like are you doing the psych k the emotional code on them are you also doing it on the parents or is there a consciousness over what this is I'm sure that matters on their level of age as well but I guess what I'm saying is I find it like I almost have to strong arm most of our clients that are adults and know it and can rationalize with them. Look, you've been everywhere. You've tried everything else. The one thing you haven't done is this emotional code or this emotional piece, rather. Mm-hmm. We delve into that, whether that for me, I do it a little different. Sound the soul, emotional release technique, the I mate, whatever. Mm-hmm. But essentially, like, how do you get them there when they're a child or the parent getting the child getting the parent to understand that that's what we got to do with this two-year-old that's been suffering mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like they're pretty willing by the time they get through our doors with the kids, I will say. Um, sometimes that means we start with mom instead and it just becomes, it's just education. It's, it's getting them through that initial visitor. We always do these discovery calls because sometimes you can hash out a fair amount of that before they're even in for the initial visit of just hearing what they're saying and, and understanding that, um, you know, like it's just in my own personal experience with three kids. We've been working with the homeopath for almost 18 years now. And I can't tell you how many times such and such had a rash or a, you know, fever or a behavioral, whatever is going on. Right. And, and I'll call and say, well, here's, you know, this is baby number two or number three or whatever. And here's what's going on and yada, yada. And she'll take all of it in and ask me how I feel about it. And then you know, later that day, she'll send a text and say, okay, you're going to dose at, you're going to take, you know, arsenicum album, you're going to take it, you know, three pellets, three times in an hour, and then repeat, you know, two more times in 24 hours. And I'll be like, oh, so that's what you want me to give him. Oh, no, no, sorry. This is for you actually. (laughs) Right. Because we are so enveloped, like, gosh, we are so in our kids stuff that um, separating can be quite helpful. So I say that lovingly and knowing that it's only because I've been here and walked both sides of those tracks, you know, with the care of our own kids and handing over that care of them to other practitioners when my mom brain is too much in the way for, um, there's what they need at home. And then there's like what they need to get through whatever they're experiencing. You know, when, when people come through the door here in regards to kids, so it is either, um, educating mom and enrolling her to get on board with the program herself. And, and I don't want to say setting the the child to the side, but it is a little bit like I can do better for the child. The more quickly I can get mom on board with food. So the more she understands and can feel and see, oh, food dyes do this or high fructose corn syrup makes me feel like this. Aha. Right. Then, then the aha moment hits about like, so that's whoa. So when they're bouncing off the walls or they're falling asleep on their desk at school, this is a direct correlation in regards to a food. Um, So sometimes we start with mom and then we don't have to work specifically with the kids. 
sometimes that ripple effect goes far and wide because she changes laundry detergent. She's putting them in natural fiber clothing. She's changing up the, you know, purity of their water. She's changing out the medicine chest. It doesn't have neosporin in it anymore. And it has Arnica gel, you know, I mean, we're making those changes at home, empowering this mom and we get access to the kids that way. Now, if mom goes that route and takes these things on, she may see, gosh, you know, child A, whom I was actually interested in bringing in is doing amazing. Now that we've made all these changes, child B is actually old enough to where I'm seeing there's something deeper here. Let's test this one. It's so cool, right? Because it's coming from over there. She is now making like an educated and informed decision about what kind of care she wants for her children because she's experienced her herself. When it comes knowing that you kept talking about earlier, that knowing space, because she's able to have that perspective, had the experience and then can see it in her own kid, Mm -hmm. what we want for our kids, we want them to have this knowing Mm -hmm. as well as for all adults. We want everybody to have a knowing rather than, yeah, you can figure stuff out with your mind, but you got to have a knowing from your heart, from your instinct, from your gut first, Mm -hmm. and then figure it out with your mind. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. When we when we have littles that come in that are little. um she calls them littles. I littles or humans, in. you know, when when they're testing kind of high on that emotional causation for the loss of of health, um I will because they can't they often can't answer the questions for themselves, like because they're too big or too, you know, I will direct it to mom. Do you know when? And can you and that's the beautiful thing about muscle testing is like let's just kind of ask the innate. And let's just find out like, Oh, this was a thing like from six to 12 months old. And you know, mom will be like, Oh my gosh, like I did not want to go back to work. I regretted and resented every day or whatever else is going on. And so they're like, do you think, and then, you know, the tears come and so they can see and feel the connection. So sometimes we take, and, you know, we, like I said, do say Kate in our office, and sometimes we'll do it with mom. Sometimes I'll work with the mom remotely and surrogate the child through mom. And so mom is actually doing the work for the child in some cases, which is really beautiful, but things like, um, a lot of energy healing and, and emotional modalities, like the, the child need not be present physically in this space. And so that's also the beautiful thing. I mean, that might push belief systems for some people, you know, just find something within your comfort zone. Um, and plug it in. And so we will find that you this morning, I had someone said, you know, like I'm a Christian and this whole muscle testing thing, I can wrap my brain around, but the whole like remote muscle test, like that's, that kind of pushes it for me. It was like, I, I got that, you know, what I can do to make you more comfortable. I'm happy to, and like roll with what has you feel comfortable because if, if you're going to want to believe or are curious enough to pay attention to what I'm saying, but it will keep you from taking action, then we're not going to be a good fit. You know, it's, it's, um, and not all Christians have that belief, right. But it was just her, it was just the, it was just her in the moment. Um, so all kinds of things that come up culturally, religion, like it's a lot to work around. It is. And and there was a time that, um, science and, religion were one and now they're not. And I think we're hearing to understanding the universe, the quantum physics field of which we live in, in a different way mm-hmm. to approach more of a scientific understanding of how that all works and how, it, you know, how the big bang all became and how we all became and mm-hmm. how ready God created evolution. Ooh, there's a concept mm-hmm. that you know, it's not separate, that it's mm-hmm. all one. And, and I understand from a belief system because I had that belief system. What do you mean? It was energy that healed me 25 years ago. I didn't understand that. And now I've come to see and feel and tangibly touch this energy and test it in all the bioenergetic ways, the bioresonance, the muscle response testing, the CRTs, the thermography testing, all the regulatory testing we do and go, oh, there's that science. But it was a real reach for me yes. in to go, right. I'm used to physical medicine. And, and I always say that that is why I was gifted, if you will, with a physical ailment in my body, because when they then said, oh, you're just going to deal with the rest of your life. I was like, no, no, no. I have more faith in the physical body right. down this. But if they had given me, if I had been struck with some kind of internal problem, I might not have gone down this road. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I, since the car accident, I've always said, oh, my doc, 
the doubter's hump. You know, I corrected it. I got a couple inches of height back. Then I got pregnant. It all came back with vengeance. I gained 80 pounds. My whole structure went out of whack eight years ago. And now I'm replenishing it. And I walked into a chiropractor, a good friend of mine who I just met. I drove all the way to like six hours away to take my son and him or my son and myself to him because I see patterns in my son as he stands there and in different ways. And I'm like, doing the same thing I do. I don't want him to take 40 years to figure out how to unwind (laughs) this. I'm going to drive this kid to Boston. (laughs) And I know what I know. This is like a freaking month ago. And I drive him to Boston and I go, okay, Pete, here you go. (laughs) Silas. And he goes, well, let's see you first. Right. Oh no, we're here for Silas. Yes. And he pulls me and he looks at my x-rays. He goes, okay, these are the exercises you're going to do. And I go, okay, what's the plan for Silas? He goes, the plan for Silas is you do those exercises. <laughs> I don't know. What's a Silas's plan? Like, what's he going right. to do? He's like, yeah, he'll yeah. want to do the fit board a little bit. Cause you're doing it, but you sleep with a neck nest. You change your posture. You change what you're doing to watch him change. And, and I want people to understand, like I'm sitting in Boston laughing, mm-hmm. going, physical body stuff. I was like, Oh, it's different because it's the physical body stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not emotions. It's not, but it's all the, and it's all the same. Mm -hmm. And why does he stand that way? Cause he's not confident. Why does he turn his shoulder that way for various reasons? And as I work out my stuff, he'll continue to work out his stuff. I don't need to work on him. I have to work on me. Mm -hmm. Always. It's always the mom's fault. Just always be the one. Always the mom's fault. Mm -hmm. We're also the ones that can bear children. That makes us very special. I know. But it also comes back to us that they're in our bellies for all those months and they take in so much more of our energy mm-hmm. and our patterns on our tendencies that really that's the gift of the work that the muscle test can show us is what is mm-hmm. our, what are our tendencies, make us aware of it and allow free will to take over once mm-hmm. we've stopped that pattern. Mm-hmm. And I really... I think this is the, the birth doula in me. And, um, I mean, I'm so happy to just meet people where they are and there's so much more good we can do when we meet them and then we can rise together. Then, um, we already carry so much guilt as moms about, I knew this, I knew I should have done it differently. I knew I, I shouldn't have done this. I should have done that. Like, you know, shooting on ourselves all day long. So the more I can meet moms where they're at and really trust that she is making the right decisions for herself and her children at the time with what she knows, it's always going to be right for them. She won't feel right for some of them, you know, but like just support her and come underneath her because then she'll just sort of unfold <laughs> and, and, and get really real and really authentic in a way that you can see them sort of looking over their own shoulders. Like, is anyone else going to hear what I'm about to say to you? Um, they divulge all their secrets whatever. We all have this stuff going on. So it's the more mom will open up, like crack open, um, the more vulnerable she is that willingness to grow. You just see it is right there. And that commitment to true health, which is like owning it, loving herself from the inside out, will create such an incredible healing and clearing space for her children to rise up inside of. It's that, you know, sounds like a delicious Betty Crocker recipe, but it just (laughs) doesn't always happen that way. Like it's, it can get really messy and you can have like, you know, how growth and development is like, okay, this, and then this, and then this, and then this, and obviously healing is not linear and, and we know healing to be that way too. But if you're new to this as like an incoming family, even as a family that may be frustrated with the Western medical system and, and are pulled and know that they need to do it differently and know that they, you know, there's something different or better or more for them out there. It's still new. So it's like new content to decipher and filter and understand and embrace and, um, kind of see where they stand with all of it. So it comes with all of these preconceived notions, muscle testing. What, like, how do you, I don't get it. How do you, you know, you can do it on my arm. You can do it across the room. Like, but that I don't get it. Like I get one, but not the other. It's just, if we don't educate, if I'm not really open and I don't educate fully along the way, then that's how you lose your people, but keep them engaged in understanding and education for themselves. And 
connected to the silver lining that possibility so that they can see they're actually responsible for getting themselves it's not me i'm not responsible for getting them there i'm kind of like just their cruise ship director and i'll just let them know when there's an iceberg <laughs> they need to avoid you know <laughs> you put some sparkles in the hair so they're uh, maybe i mean that could help right throwing through that and you know it, it uh impresses me as i mentioned earlier you're not a doctor just for mm -hmm. those that know um and I've interviewed so many doctors on this platform and those that listen know I'm not a doctor either, but I am, my friend from Switzerland is a medical doctor and a double board certified uh, oral surgeon as well, Dr. Ralph Ochmeyer. And I was in a class of his a couple of years ago. We had, he did, he taught neural therapy classes and I took one of our medical doctors that I wanted to learn his technique. So we take her and he's standing in front of the room and he goes, and he was telling one story after another about how neural therapies help knee pain and shoulder pain and this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, and he goes, you know, I just feel really bad for my counterparts that do standard medicine. Mm. They must feel really sad at the end of every day because they don't really get the opportunity to help people like we do. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Nikki, but while I'm no doctor, I feel like I've helped more people become their own physicians, help mm -hmm. more people engage in their life in a way mm -hmm. and find the answers within inside them mm -hmm. is the most gratifying part of what I do is when they walk in and go, oh my God, I figured something out. Mm -hmm. It was the laundry detergent that I didn't realize I had changed six months ago. And that's what was causing my rash, but mm -hmm. we figured it out together mm -hmm. and it empowers them to go, you don't need somebody outside of your body helping you figure out how your body works. You are in charge of that. And like we said in the beginning, it can be scary at the beginning, but at the end, the bonus of it all is that they not only get to figure it out, they get to figure out for all these other people and the stress reduces because I think that's as a mom, I mean, I'm so, so blessed that I got to do this work before I was a mom and was I didn't have my babysitter's club with 55 people in the township, but <laughs> I had, I was raised I was Catholic and I was in between gender or in between, um, not genders in between, uh, generations. Know, generations. So mm -hmm. I was the babysitter for everybody for mm -hmm. my year. And I've been through a lot of situations, you know, uh, people almost kids, almost drowning and seizures and anaphylactic, like doesn't it takes a lot to stress me out when people yes. have health issues around me my father i've called the ambulance for many times and i think our nervous systems were set up for this that we just mm -hmm. knew something other people didn't and i think mm -hmm. i would postulate that what we knew was somehow we knew that that power was inside us and that we can help others engage that same power because i have never for one second felt like I didn't know what was going on for my kid. I have a pediatrician as well as a homeopath that we take him to once a year for whatever we might not figure out outside of us. But I took our dog to the vet for the first time yesterday. We just got a puppy eight months ago. And I said to Ian, I walked out of there for the first time in my life ever having felt like I had to fight back for my rights of what, how I treat my dog. Because mm -hmm. I don't know if they just don't, want to engage with me typically, or I've just only gone to pediatric pediatricians that are homeopathic pediatricians. We've only mm -hmm. had two in eight years. I don't go to medical doctors unless they're in this world. I don't have, and I've heard so many moms feel um, pushed and fear-mongered into treating their child in a certain way. I mean, this woman, I had to say to her three times, this vet yesterday, like, I will not deworm my dog unless we have evidence that there's worms. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not going to do it the way you want to do it. I'm going to do it <laughs> my way. So we'll, we'll do a stool sample. That's fine. And the third time, right before I was shooting out the door, well, we can just give her the, the worm, the dewormer. It's, you know, it's really benign. If you want to just do that, then we can just do that before we do the stool sample. I turned around. I said, well, you really don't get me, huh? Mm -hmm. I'm not doing anything without testing. And even when we test it, I'm probably not going to use your pharmaceutical drugs to get rid of it. I'll right. do it my own way. It's a different medicine that we come from. And I understand you don't get it. Right. I hear you, right. but you're not listening to me either. 
Yes. And, you know, the only reason I took her to a vet was because my husband was adamant about it. And I, I mean, I was an animal science major. I handled dogs my whole life. We've had three dogs that lived to 15. I got this. I'm not worried about our dog. Right. You know, but the, oh, she pulled two ticks off the dog yesterday and was like, oh, well, whatever you're doing isn't working. I said, ma'am, it doesn't mean that my dog doesn't get ticks. I pull ticks off myself every day. It just means Mm -hmm. that the environment of which my dog lives in inside its body, the terrain doesn't, isn't conducive to allowing the tick borne illness to be, to grow. I don't allow, I, I pulled 17 ticks off my body last weekend. Does that mean Mm. I climb? No, it means I was outside in (laughs) Pennsylvania all day and ended up with a bunch of ticks. Right. I mean, it just happens. I was like in the bathroom going, oh, there's two right there. There's one. Um, (laughs) There's. It's okay. It, and even engorged, it's okay. I'm right. not going to have Lyme disease because of my body doesn't allow that to occur. This is so empowering to give this to people. At, and I want everybody to access you, Nikki. So, because there's so many moms and we deal a little bit with kids, but you die, primarily deal with kids. And I, I think that should have our own podcast, don't y'all? And I think she should teach people <laughs> about everything that she knows. Big ideas, Kelly, big ideas. <laughs> ideas for Nikki so many women, and I know I'm the champion. I know you're the champion for some, mm-hmm. but they use our backbone a little bit when they're out there in the world. And I, I want moms to feel so empowered that not only they know how their body works, but they are, they are their first line of physician for that doctor, that it's not, you know, the shelf at Walgreens with the the myriad of suppressive medicines that's mm-hmm. about engaging your, your body, that your kid's body, your body is trying to tell you something mm-hmm. and let's figure out what it's trying to tell us, get to the root cause and all of life will go easier and you'll have more responsibility. Yes. But you'll also have more control because mm-hmm. you don't, that's how I think so many feel is completely out of control. They don't know what's going on for the kid. They don't know how to handle it. Uh, the doctor with the white coat isn't answering the phone at 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday. I don't know what to do. So let's take them to an emergency room because, oh my God, I might die or my kid might die because they have a fever of 102. And it's like, there's no preparation for what that's about at some level. And I think you and I are, I've dealt with so many kids that I, I remember when the midwife left, my husband has one other child, but he was in the service when he was born, he was 35. And so he didn't have a lot of access to little kids. Sure. That wasn't his world. And so when the midwife left four hours after he turns to him and he goes, that's it. They just leave. I was <laughs> now like, what? Yeah. And he was like, but aren't they going to like, tell us what to do? I was like, we got this. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But I think so many people, and I was proud and happy that he engaged in how he actually felt at that very moment. I laughed a little bit, not Adam, but a little bit, a little bit like, oh, that's so cute. But so many parents feel that way. Like, what Mm -hmm. am I supposed to do now? Mm -hmm. And particularly if there's any illness, they don't Mm -hmm. know where to turn. They don't know what to do. What is the first step you could give parents in that scenario? Take a breath. Like, what would you give them? Like, oh my God, here's these symptoms. I've been to five doctors. Nobody's telling me Nobody's satisfying that knowing that we're getting to what's Well, going- it's like just getting quiet. It's like just sitting with it for a minute. It might be jotting some things down on a, the back of a napkin because you don't even know where you put your journal from three years ago. You know what I mean? It's, it's ha- just having a place for a minute to just go like, how, you know, like what's really going on? How, how do I feel? feel about the how and it's inside of that quiet space that the information comes in you can't get it when you're like in your swirl and in a swirl you know unfortunately is what will throw us deeper into the we kind of succumb isn't the right word we will take a lot of advice that means nothing to us when we're in that spinning out space. And so when we can stay in a space of like, what's important to me, what do I think is going on here? I think we're good. Like, I think we could just, I think we could maybe just ride this out a minute. Like, you know what I mean? There's, um, I think that's where the first opportunity is. And it's like always missed, like even in muscle testing, it's like, if something got really complex and I'm like, can't get out of where I am, it's like, wait, go back, go back, just go back to the beginning oh, that's where now I see the connection. Okay. Off we go. And, and it's just like that. So if mom can come back to just hang on, okay, when did this start? What were we doing? 
what did I notice? What was I feeling? What were, you know, like those are just the things to just sit with because, oh gosh, I, I wonder if it was the laundry detergent. Do you know what? Like he was out in the garage and my husband was tinkering with soldering all weekend. I like, could that be something, right? You just want to stand in an inquiry because if we're not curious, we'll never get to the bottom of it. And we'll never get to, without being curious, we'll never be led to like, why did I just see this book? Why did I just land on that website? Why did my friend just send me this link? You know what I mean? And that's the stuff that kind of opens us up, which is, it's why we work with kids for only six to 12 months at a time. Like we have programs that we recommend and some of it just depends on what is going on with the child and kind of what shows up in their assessment forms and what shows up in their, in their testing, because I am not interested in you just feeling better in a few months and going back to where you were. I, I actually want you to get better and to get better means that mom has some tools in her toolbox. It means she's listening. That means she's engaged. It means that at certain point she's relying on her own instincts and her own resources to get them over a hump that they would previously have booked a quick visit for online because she's going, now, wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. The last time this happened, well, that's right. He ate peanut butter or, you know, did this thing or missed a night of sleep or stayed up too late or blah, 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 blah. And, and, oh, and then I remember she said this, and then this went up in dose or this went down. Let me just try that. Right. So like empowering her is the way to get to the kids. That's actually how the kids get better. The more she can stand kind of firm and centered and grounded in that space of knowing she's more receptive to taking information in and recommendations because you can be in the, I mean, and we know this just because we can be swirly, like you get in the swirl of chaos and whatever, and you're reaching for answers and somebody might even be giving you answers, but they're like, they're like not being engaged with at all. So it does take that, like getting quiet for a second um, and, and listening. That, that's beautiful. And I couldn't agree more that the, that's chaos, right? And totally. that's desperation. Totally, yes. And I understand as a mom why you would feel desperate. Yet when you take that pause and realize we're all medical intuitive biological investigators as moms, right? We're all maybes. We're all really intuitive. And then we have to investigate it. We don't have to depend on other people. We can learn from practitioners like Nikki, like yeah. myself, like so many others. Like, what are the questions I have to ask? What are the variables? Okay. And then what are the things that I can do? And I, I'm sure like Nikki, we find that this isn't chemistry, this is biology. So if you mm -hmm. take five drops of it versus 10 drops of it, it's gonna be okay or vice mm -hmm. versa. Mm -hmm. Taking your armored thyroid specifically at nine o'clock every morning because you're forcing your body to have a hormone. This is very much in a different way of following that intuition, that knowing and that gut to lead you, discover as she beautifully said, down mm -hmm. the path to the truth. Mm -hmm that's what it's all about. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's a beautiful thing you do. And I, I pray that the people listening today can understand that this isn't just for the adults. This is how we can raise our children so that they have this knowing so that by the time they're 15 and now they have acne, they can sit mm -hmm. there and go, well, my face didn't get a mess until I started the new sports team. And every time we're on an away game, we stop and eat crappy food. And now my bowels aren't working great. And I got my acne mm -hmm. and because it takes years sometimes for people to start to make those links versus making them right away. And I right. know your kids. And well, while I struggle with my kid too, on many levels, he makes those links between food and how he feels way faster than I ever did. Yes. Like 20, maybe 30s by the time I figured that out. Sure. And and I think that is a huge blessing that we can give people is to start to identify that the things that they're doing in their life is actually affecting their body. Whether it's the food they eat, the things they expose themselves to emotionally or toxicants, chemicals, Wi-Fi radiation, which is a big one, particularly for kids. Mm -hmm. I struggle with that with my son. So I'm going to ask you this on a personal note. How do you engage children to get off of the screens without using it as a negotiation tool of what you can and cannot do because of screens? Because that's all they want. And I don't mm -hmm. want to take them away from the screens because mm -hmm. that's the age we live in. 
-hmm. but I also don't want them to just be ad nauseum on screens all day long. Mm -hmm. I, I work from an educational standpoint. I try to teach that to Silas in different ways, like what the screen does and how it affects his gut when he's eating because he always wants to play a game while he's eating and all of that. Do you have any tricks for that in your work? Um, not necessarily. I mean, the teens, the older high school kids at that point, all you can do is educate. They're going to make their own decisions anyway, despite what mom and dad say. So like for our older our 13 and 17 year old, they have like the safe sleeve, you know, mats that go under their laptops. They have the glasses, they have the earbuds, um, the earbuds, they don't use as much. I had to get them a dongle, you know, it's just, so it's making it super easy for them to, to make choices that are convenient. I mean, I'll, they, they're really great about it now, but when they first got their laptop pads, I had to walk in the room and be like, those are my grandbabies in there. You get that, <laughs> you get that pad on your lap, you know? And, but it's, they think it's funny and cute, but they get it, which is, which is great. And I think, um, the five-year-old, so he doesn't get it. There's no correlation for that, but we also don't have like a TV in our main living area. It's like in our unfinished basement. So it's like a thing to, you know, go down there and make it cozy and watch a movie. Um, so TV was not, there was a time where we didn't even have a TV. So I think, first of all, if you're not a big watcher, a big screen player that's not going to happen with your kids quite as much and then it is what it is my husband and I are always in this like catch 22 where I'm like we do have to like roll with the evolutionary piece of like we can't just take it away and take away the phone and you know there's a time and a place but because when kids babysit they they need a phone that's called responsibility so we can't just take said phone away from a 13 year old we have to have boundaries, guidelines, things like that, you know? So it's, um, I, I just think it's more from what are we emulating? Are the phones put down in a place when we get home? Are the phones put in a place when people are eating dinner? You know, that's one thing is we don't really engage when we're eating dinner, unless it's like family pizza night or, you know, movie night, something like that. Um, but I don't know, it is tricky. We get kiddos in the office who are engaged on a tablet the whole time. And then, and it seems like that's the only tool there is for negotiation. And that's a tricky spot to be in, pretty tricky. And I think we just all need to have an awareness and a consciousness about Agreed. it. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think any of us have the answer to this in 2021. I think there are mm -hmm. like all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I think educating and consciousness is step number one, and we'll see where we go from there. You know, I think there's just like anything, there's going to be a tipping point to where they're going to yeah. be less interested. I find, you know, days that the TV's never turned on, the, the screens are never turned on, and he's just in his room mindlessly playing, mm -hmm. which is beautiful. You know, growing up without a TV in my summers, I just would like more of that. Yes. But, you know, to your point, there was not a TV in our house growing yeah. up. So mm -hmm. you had to find other options. Mm -hmm. We've got a TV on every floor now. So mm -hmm. that's part of the problem that we've created. Mm -hmm. We've got to be on to make sure that, you know, he's getting the best education he, he can, and we can inform him as much as we can. And at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, because I don't like that saying it's the end of the day. It's also the beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. It's still him that's got to make those choices when he's out there at his friend's house or whatever. He had a birthday party recently and this little girl would literally not get let go of her phone for five minutes. Yeah. After about two hours, I said, why don't we just have your mom and dad come pick you up? Right. Cause like you're not engaging with the rest of the kids. No, I don't want the kids to think it's okay to come to my house for a party and be on your phone. Right. So the we whole just time. Up when she was upset, she was crying. Her mom, her grandmother really was upset with her that she couldn't put the phone down. And so, you know, we just do the best we can. That's all you well, can do. Yeah, exactly. So for those that are looking for her, myhealthybeginning.com, that's Correct. her YouTube channel. That's her Instagram channel. That's her website. She also has her own podcast, Nikki Hirsch. Keekly. 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 Not podcast, Instagram. Oh, see what I'm trying to do there? I see, I see this. I really see where you're going with this. I, I really am thinking she's such a sparkly, bright energy and has so much information. Here I am. Um, if you would like to email her, just be specific with your emails for her office, please, so that they can come with a timely response to that and really help you in the ways that you want. Thank you so much for your time. And the That's last so great. ask, because I always put everybody on the spot at the end, um, in all the 23 years, which 
you know, 23 is my favorite number. So 23 years of practice and everything that you've learned, you have an opportunity. Here's your magic mic. And this magic mic allows you to stand on the tallest mountain and everybody on the planet can hear it. What is the secret, if you will, that you've learned in all the years of helping people, helping your own family that you would like everybody to have access to? Slow the fark down. <laughs> I love it. Yes, that's it. I mean, that's as much for me as it is for anyone else, but that is it. Slow down. Pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. It allows us to listen. Thank you. It so does. Much. You're That's welcome. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here again. We really appreciate it. Truly from our heart to yours. We hope this resonated with you and that it helps you every single day as you become better parents and better individuals, better human beings at playing this game of of life. And we wish you all the joy, all the happiness, all the health there is to be given. And you have that power inside you. So from our heart to yours, engage. Thank you.